food, baby. We in here. Yeah, we in here. Y'all better get comfortable with saying black. We in here. Yeah, we in here. Black versus the Board of Education. That's why we are indeed a whole mood. That's it. And that's right. We are indeed a whole mood. Welcome back. It's another Monday here on Black versus the Board of Education. I am your hostess with the mostest. They call me Miss Laureen, and we welcome you into this space. Um, we, <laughs> I'm a little discombobulated, you guys, uh, very discombobulated. <laughs> because I wasn't sure what was going on for a minute. Um, but I'm glad that y'all are here because we have a whole bunch to talk about. Melissa, can you hear us now? Yes, I can hear you guys now. Oh, perfect. Awesome. So why don't we just go ahead and get some introductions while we, we okay. I'm going to start with Jalen because you're right here. <laughs> go ahead and introduce yourself, my love. Uh, hello, my name is Jalen. I am a college student. And uh, like always, I'm excited about this episode. Are you excited? I yeah, hope you Because we, we got a special guest. All right, and, and we're going to get to our special guest in just a moment. But, Miss Keela, it's on you. Hey, it's your girl, Keela. Um, my voice is going to, you know. <clears throat> Keela been yelling this weekend. Yeah, so, you know, but I'm a college student. Who was you yelling at, Keela? Everybody. Oh. Ain't oh. nothing new. Sometimes it's like that. Okay. And you a college student? Yes, ma'am. All right. Well, welcome to the party, Miss Jada. Hey, y'all. My name is Jada. I'm a homeschooled senior here in the Sacramento area, and I'm glad to talk about what's happening today. You don't even know what's happening, but we're going to get to that, too. But Miss Melissa, go ahead and round us off. Say hey, hey, hey to the Hi. Hi, everyone. My name is Melissa. I am in 11th grade. I'm a high school junior in Southern California. And I'm so glad y'all are here because, look, there's so much going on, and I feel like I haven't seen y'all in years um, and it's only been a couple of weeks, so we're going to get to that. But before we get started, I have a few announcements to make. We got to give a, a big, big happy birthday shout out to Miss Pam. Miss <laughs> Pam is celebrating a milestone birthday, and I'm not going to tell you exactly how old she is. Just no black don't crack. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> additionally, and I was looking for my air horn. Um, Tevin is out, out today, but, you know, there's somebody over here with the air horn that's supposed to be blowing it. Uh, <laughs> There you go. Oh. All right. So he woke up. He woke up. Uh, <laughs> so happy birthday, Miss Pam. Also, you know, we spent the week, last part of the week, at CAPSI, which is the California Association for uh, Black School of Black School Educators uh, down in Carlsbad. I just have to give a shout out to the Honorable Denzel Perry. Uh, the Honorable. The Honorable. The honorable. <laughs> Who hung out with us in the advocacy team, Miss Lisa and Miss Exquisitive. Uh, all week as we uh, delved into a lot of uh, different workshops and I am extremely excited about two of them who will be future partners of ours. One is um, Oliver Petty. He uh, His <laughs> workshop was called By Any Means Necessary uh, and he really brought the funk. Um, also, there's this program out there called Schoolyard Rap and they did Black History but in rap music and they have hmm. a, they're touring uh, around California um, coming up and we're going to do a, a pre-black history uh, turn up if you will uh, and we'll, we'll be releasing details about that soon but I am so excited y'all he had this uh, this uh, history song called Black Made That and he was talking about a whole bunch of black inventors 
And then he was talking about the greatness of black women. And it was just dope. So uh, shout out to Schoolyard Rap. Um, also, y'all, Friday. What's happening Friday? What are we doing Friday? Friday, Friday, Friday. Friday is... Uh, the Black Panther Wakanda Forever premiere, not screening. screening. Oh, I'm so excited! So many people have been posting on TikTok talking about how emotional they were. Oh, I'm a little nervous. Oh man, what you nervous about? Uh, you just the feeling of it all. You know, I, you know, just like not seeing Chadwick, like be in his role anymore. It's mm -hmm. gonna be really emotional for me. So, like, I'm just mad. Killmonger not back. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Can I just see him? Look, I, I mean, watched I just want to see the little dots on the skin or something. I watched it. And <laughs> Not it spoilers. was uh, <laughs> it was a lot. It was, it was a lot. lot. It was a lot. That's okay. all you gotta say. Okay. That's all I can say. So <laughs> Melissa, have you seen it yet? Have you had a chance? Yeah, I saw it the day it came out. Yeah. yeah. Are all well, fake? excuse all of y'all who went and saw it. I, <laughs> we were at a conference. Um, by the time it was over, I was ready to go to bed. Um, so I have not watched it, but I look forward to seeing it Friday. And then can we come back and talk about it? Can we? Can oh, yes, we do that? I would love to. Yeah, we we, look, okay. we have to. How about next week? Can we talk yes. about it next week? Yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. wait. What? You said, ooh, what happened? I might be out of town next week. We can talk about that later. Yo, yo, you said, ooh, like you was E40 or something. Did you hear it? <laughs> 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 that was good. So uh, if you want to go with uh, Team BYLP to check out Wakanda Forever this Friday, uh, check us out. The tickets are available now on our website, BYLP.org. It starts at 6 p.m. They are absolutely free 99. I said free, not three, free 99. So uh, go ahead and copy your tickets. We'd love to see you. And that's going to take us. We did not get a chance to talk about camp. Oh, we man. didn't. So yeah. we apologized last week. We were out um, because we had returned from camp on that Sunday and everybody was in 20 degree weather. 20 degree weather. I mean, no, it was, nah. was, was, was fun. Yeah, I was okay. It was fun. I was okay for real. I was, I was freezing. I was the coziest at all my camp. So tell me something. What was one of your takeaways from camp? What's something that you will, you want everybody to know about? Tell me something. I would say the community, I guess. Um, there were a lot of new kids that had came this camping trip. I was nervous at first because there were a lot of new people, and I didn't, you know, being around non-familiar people, and I got to make new friends, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I would say one of my takeaways was being able to make new friends and to build a community. I feel like the group this year was really connected in some way. They really looked like they were involved, especially at now the— Now, you say this year like we wasn't up there in May. So you talk right, about right, this right. iteration. This iteration. <laughs> Hack the Woods 3. <laughs> Hack the Woods 3. The group of Hack the Woods 3 was really, at least my group, because, you know, we separated off into our um, trail groups. But I felt like my group seemed really connected, especially at the mock trial when they were like, how do I be a part of this? How do I be a part of that? It was a little moving for me. And I was like, yeah, you know, because it's kind of cool to see black youth that are other than me or my friends who want to be involved in stuff like this. So. Oh, cool. What about you, Keila? What do you think? Um... I didn't know what to expect. It was my first one. So um, kind of like what you were saying, the community and like the youth and everything. My little brother went and he had the time of his life. He won't stop talking about it. So really? Yeah. First, he wasn't talking very much. Exactly. But then I kept pressing him about <laughs> oh it. God. And I was like, look. And he was like, yeah, I had fun. He still talks to his friend. Very he like nice. plays games with him. So clearly he had a good time. He's shy. So oh. it was good for me to see that. So awesome. So that's that good intentional right. community building. What about you, Jalen? What would you say? Because you took. Your siblings, your siblings oh, yeah. was in the building. Yeah, uh -huh. little bro and little sis was in the building. Um, little sis, uh, actually came with Tevin's younger sister, which actually what? they I found out the day before camp they best friends. So I was like, Oh, oh they snap. besties. 
I said, look how small the world is. Wow. <laughs> so then, um, but my one takeaway I had was the every seeing kids get out of their element yeah. was great because a lot of people don't experience that type of atmosphere or like snow for the first time. Oh, them kids. Oh, when they seen snow for the first time, oh all they gosh. want to do is throw snowballs. <laughs> all they want to do is throw snowballs. And, and we let them because, you know, uh, we don't know when they're ever going to get that opportunity again. Hopefully they do. But, you know, I know I seen snow for the first time at like 17. So yeah. I'm like, okay. Really? Yeah, I really? was 17. I was so I'm like, seven. oh, snowball? And you just, I'm thinking... Just throwing snowballs. So that's all they wanted to do is throw snowballs. <laughs> they, build a snowman. they build a snowman yeah. named yeah. George. <laughs> it was Pegasus. So that was my takeaway. Okay. Um, you know, I my takeaways are a little bit different. Oh. Only because I get to see things uh in a bigger scale. What I would say is that um our young people are very um distrusting of adults. For sure. Oh yeah. Um what I've seen is that so many of them have been let down or shut down and they didn't feel like they had anything really to contribute. So being able to open up the dialogue, even after the mock trial and talk about different things was really dope. Um, the third session for my me, session. Uh, I was ready to cut some kids out. I'm not going to lie to y'all. Um, because, uh, and, and I say that in love, um, because it was very, very frustrating because the amount of, um, disrespect that i saw the amount of um kids wanting to argue when they don't know a whole lot about a whole lot they know a little bit about a little bit and just trying to explain to them that you know holler at me when you become an adult and you start to experience these things that are going to kind of change your trajectory they saw it more so as me talking down to them instead of giving them advice uh, and then it was funny because I, I went to the restroom after the session and these young girls, they were out there. They was talking slick about me and they Ooh. didn't realize I was in the bathroom. Your first mistake. And so <laughs> I remember I came out and I was like, no, no, no. Keep talking. Tell me more because see, I'm all for debate, but what I'm not going to do is argue with children. I don't do that. Um, and I'm like, well, it sounded like you had something you wanted to say. So let's have a conversation about it. Um, and of course, one of them hightailed it out the bathroom really, really quick because uh, they thought they were in trouble. Uh, but that that was a teaching moment. Um, and I can just about imagine if it had been a different adult than me, the way in which they may have come across to that young person instead of mm-hmm. trying to understand what it is that they were saying. Um, and, and I'll listen, but that don't mean you're not wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. And so right. we have to be able to have those conversations in love to where um, we encourage young people to talk to us, but then we can kind of correct that behavior because of what I told that third session, you was in there. I, I said, now, there. if this is how y'all respond in your classrooms, I understand why some of y'all are struggling. There were a lot of young people who didn't understand why it was not okay to talk to me cussing. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah there was some. Crazy. Like and, the, that, yeah. and the craziest thing was she was like, step one of a mock trial. The jury does not, Talk. <laughs> what they do? And they, they, I mean, they threw so many f bombs, and I'm like, I'm not gonna catch too many more of your f bombs, right? And so it's just we have to hold ourselves to a higher standard when we want other people to um, take us serious about what we're saying. We can't come at them in a disrespectful way. We have to be smart enough with our arguments and our logic to really have an open dialogue. And so that was one of my takeaways. Um, some folks just don't haven't taught these young people how to communicate appropriately. 
Nice. And and so having that opportunity to talk to women, they may have been mad. They was mad over there, though. You know what I mean? Ooh, they may was, have been mad. Ooh, mad. Uh, and, and I'm okay with kids being mad as long as it gets them to think. Think yeah. about what you're saying and how you want people to respond to that. Um, but a, a highlight of Camp Hack the Woods 3 was the um, mindfulness training. Ooh, yeah, that was yeah. great. And so he is one of the facilitators is actually joining us today. If you could pull Joaquin ooh, ooh. up. We call him Mr. Mindfulness. Mr. <laughs> mindfulness. We're going to start. And there is a whole, uh, what is that, a square on my face? And I guess I'll pull him up since uh, everybody's sleep at the wheel. Hey, Joaquin. Hey. So go ahead going? and we're good. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, for those my, name is, my name is Joaquin, and I'm a college student too. I'm an old college student, but yeah, I'm a college student. Uh, hey, it's never too uh, late to go back. <laughs> it, it is true because black don't crack. So, Come on. Um, yeah, and I guess I do have a new nickname now, Mr. Mindfulness. This is the first I've heard of it. Hey, but hey, just say Mr. Stick better. You said what? I like Mr. Stick better. Oh, they want to call you Mr. Stick. Yeah, I like uh, it better. Mr. Mindfulness? Mr. Mindfulness. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, formerly um, a social impact consultant um, and a certified drug counselor. So, yeah, my days are pretty busy, you know, traveling back and forth from the state. But I like my job. It's interesting. I meet a lot of nice people and interesting people. And I like to believe that I do good work. So I am happy with my life as it is right now. Okay. And so for everybody who doesn't know, we actually had a a chance to meet Joaquin and his team in Long Beach at a conference. Um, And I did not attend their session because I was in a whole nother session and I regret that day. Um, But uh, we knew that there was going to be an opportunity for us to collaborate at some point. And so I am absolutely um, ecstatic to have you here and to even talk about this journey um, that you've been on. So can you kind of tell us, walk us through, who are you? Who am I? Who well, are I you? Um, well, I'm formerly incarcerated. I spent over 31 years in various correctional institutions, adult and juvenile. Um, I'm in recovery and I am committed to serving my community. Um, And one of the reasons why I liked interacting with BYLP is I like being with my people. Um, For so long, I have been literally and figuratively the the minority in many settings. So to be able to interact with um, people who look like me, who think like me, and it's and not echo chamber thinking, but think like me and the fact that, you know, wanting the best for our community and seeing young people of color, you know, like that's the one thing that was my takeaway from the Hack the Woods was seeing so many smart kids on such a good path. You know, because a lot of my work is with um, juveniles who are justice involved. And so just seeing kids, adolescents be adolescents, you know, without all the extra stuff that, you know, um, many kids struggle with, it was was really encouraging. So, yeah, I, I like that. I like that about your organization. I like the support that you offer, the advocacy, but I just like the way that you hold space for black youth 
that is super powerful and very much needed. And it is a wonderful thing to bear witness to. So, Well, we thank you. I mean, I, I think that's dope, you know, because a lot of times people, there are people in our community who don't understand why we're very, very specific about black children. Um, and the fact of the matter is they're at the bottom of every category um, most times except discipline. Um, and so when we're talking about um, being intentional and making sure we're putting the right pieces in place to actually serve these students, can you talk to us about mindfulness? How did you get into mindfulness coaching or uh, facilitating groups? Um, well, so that's like, three different questions almost in one for okay. well, three different answers. <laughs> um, my introduction to mindfulness came um, through therapy. And um, from that, I started a yoga practice and I was in prison at the time. So uh, I don't know how many people have ever watched like uh, Shawshank Redemption or other prison movies, but you know, I was on a maximum security yard, you know, doing yoga and practicing mindfulness like by myself in a little corner of the yard. But it really helped me come to grips with the finality of my prison term at the time. At the time I had a life sentence. And so I had to prepare myself for the possibility that I would die in prison. Mm. And a big part of that was really kind of wrapping my mind around that. And Mindfulness allowed me to be very deliberate and intentional and hold space for right now. Because like with a life sentence, you can, it's easy, you know, our brains like to time travel. And so it is easy to get caught up in the past with regret, but it's also easy to be frustrated and anxiety ridden with thoughts of the future. And when you're serving a life sentence, like that's, that's, horrible like you'll literally go crazy so what i what i found was i could only do one day of my sentence at a time you know although i had a lot of time to do i can only do one day of it and being mindful like being present in the moment and most importantly in a non-judgmental manner was the key to allowing me to live as fully as possible where i was and so that's why I'm a huge proponent of it, because many times we're so caught up in the future that we lose sight of what's going on right now. And it becomes impossible to enjoy really good and productive moments, but it's also even difficult to be present in the moment when it requires your full attention. In particular, if you're in conflict or you're in a situation where your future depends on you making a really good choice in that moment. Mm. So I think um, as far as promoting this, and I would dare say proselytizing for the youth, it is an absolute critical skill for all youth, but in particular, our black youth to have the ability to be really good stewards and owners of their own mind, because mm. so much of the world is committed to hijacking young minds and discounting um, a person's ability to think for themselves. So having this skill and this capacity to be a steward of one's own consciousness um, and regulate oneself and not mm -hmm. be so easily moved around. Because one of the things I learned in prison 
was if you're off balance, you're easy to move around. Um, you know, whether it's racial politics or politics with, with cops, you know, if you're not rooted and grounded and regulated, they just move you around. And I think um, a lot of people see that every day, but they're not really, you know, no pun intended, mindful of it. They don't see how their um, mental or emotional imbalance allows them to be manipulated or exploited. So for me, as far as um, teaching this critical skill, um, it's essential, you know, whether it's being stopped by law enforcement, right? The ability to be present, to be conscious, um, to not be um, triggered or tricked into um, acting out is super important. Whether you're dealing with a teacher, you know, who may be also having a bad day, you know, what I realized for a lot of our, our kiddos, they don't have the luxury of a bad day in a classroom, mm. you know? They have a bad day in a the classroom. They're going to detention um, at best or they're being expelled. So one of the things I really like to promote is this is a way for individuals to have a bad day, but still do what they need to do. And I think that's a critical skill that we need to have, especially in this time, because it's such a critical time and there's so many different influences pulling at people from many different directions, um, we must have the ability to stay anchored um, and rooted in a reality that's going to allow us to move forward, but also take care of our future self. So, uh, I mean, you dropped a bunch of gems in damn. that little statement. Like, Word. whoa, if, if you're off balance, you're easy to move. Mm. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> Melissa, talk to me. What, what are you thinking right now? I'm thinking a lot, and I feel like this is the mentality that so many people need. This is a mentality that humankind in general needs, and especially, like like you said, Joaquin, especially especially teachers and especially the, student, the students as well you mentioned, but I think the teachers also, because like you said, as a student, you don't have the luxury to have a bad day in school, which isn't fair, and I feel like with this, this mindset, you're able to, like you said, have a bad day and still know how to function. And I feel like the students who don't have that, we also need teachers that know that and that have this mentality as well, because it can't be one way. It has to be both ways. I feel like this is a mindset that everyone should have. And I commend you for being able to teach yourself this in a not so good situation that you were in. You're able to teach yourself this and ground yourself and come out of it. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, Keela, because because we went through the training. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Uh-oh. the training was crazy. Yeah, it was. Like, crazy? Just, I didn't know what to expect, honestly. I mean, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. And then, like, because we had two days or, like, part one, part two. And, like, part two was a lot. Oh. Uh-huh. And, and, I mean, but you have to you have to paint the picture for people who weren't here. Yeah. So, basically, like, we had to, like, all teach each other a lesson and all this stuff and I even think it was like one of the last ones and it was like compassion and like all this stuff and you had to like meditate and like take a step back and everything and I think once you're like in your own mind it's a lot and I feel like you have to like take a breath take a second to like realize everything you're kind of doing and I did that and I got emotional and 
I think ever since then, kind of like I've been breathing and like all this stuff, like I'm naturally loud. So mm -hmm. I'm just like, hold on, take a breath, chill out. Like, but yeah, it's crazy. She calls it crazy, but I think yeah. it's, it's the ability to be vulnerable, yeah. but present. Definitely. And what I saw in that day that you're speaking of mm -hmm. was you saw a lot of walls come down and then you saw the ability of folks to kind of rally around you and to hold you up when maybe you were feeling weak yeah. because of, you know, whatever was, was you were carrying around. Mm -hmm. Because what I think is a lot of us are carrying around a lot of things and it only takes one thing, one split second uh, for somebody to trigger you or say something um, uh, that brings back a memory that maybe you haven't uh, completely dealt with. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe that one that you're talking about, yeah. uh, shout out to Tevin, like I was telling y'all, he made all the girls cry. Mm -hmm. um, the mm -hmm. meditation he decided to do um, was basically you were speaking to someone, um, I want to say who had maybe passed on. Yeah, it, could be, or it could be a living or past. Yeah. Okay. Um, and somebody that maybe you didn't have closure or you maybe wanted to say something else too. Mm. Um, and what you saw was this, well, first of all, you heard it. Yeah. <laughs> you heard people start to do things and you kind of, you know, you're supposed to have your eyes closed, you know, but you're trying to like, who is that? But you know, Tevin, <laughs> Tevin's a goofball. So it's like, no one took him seriously. I looked him dead in his nah. eyes. I was like, what are you doing nah, right now? He started laughing at the right. beginning. I was like, oh, and I looked. Was it, was it the bell? No, it was, no, yeah, it was, it was no, everything. It was the bell. And then his voice, he was just like, he had like that laughing voice that he was still like not serious. Mm -hmm. And then I, I opened my eyes. I looked at him. I was like, you're not going to do this right now. And then he, then he mellowed out. And then yeah. once he started mellowing out, everything started to disappear. And it was like, yeah. Like you literally heard his voice through and through. Yeah. And it was like, you kind of were still listening, but it was like, now you're kind of in your head. And then it's like, you're kind of letting everything come ease. to the surface. Yes. Uh -huh. So and yeah, it was a lot. The one thing that I loved about the training is that I'm a person who, whose mind races all the time just mm -hmm. different thoughts different thoughts different thoughts but that taught me that as long as you focus on one single thing you don't have room to focus on all the other things that's mm -hmm. going on around you mm -hmm. so that was the one thing and um it was just like once i once i figured that out, i was like if i can focus on one thing as in not think about other things i don't have any other i don't have time to think about anything like it's I love to practice like in the flow. I yeah, love to yeah. say that the practice of being in the flow where time stops, it feels like for me, mm. where I'm able to just focus on whatever I need to do. If I need to do an assignment, I'm in the flow. I don't even think about my phone. I don't think about what I'm going to eat. I don't think about who's texting me. I'm just thinking about my assignment. Mm. So now Jada hasn't gone. You went through the, the session at camp. So what peers and accomplices? Oh, yeah. And y'all had the y'all had the nerve to bring money. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they did. What was that about? Uh, so here's my position. <laughs> oh um, yeah, he did put up. He did make. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so I I love my jobs, right? Like, uh -huh. but to quote Maya Angelou, I don't have a dream job because I don't want to dream about labor, right? But I do enjoy my job, uh -huh. but I get paid, right? Uh -huh. 
Uh-huh. And so I I like to honor people honor people's time, right? And I am not from that school that says kids need to show up and be seen and not heard, and uh-huh. they just need to do what you want them to do, what they're expected. So I, I I don't I don't support that. I I think kids are just smaller versions of human beings, and their time is just as valuable. And I'm all about creating incentives and motivating people. Mm. And when I see a kid who's not motivated by money, then we have a problem. So (laughs) for me, um, if if I want mass participation from a diverse group of people, right, the easiest way to do that is to incentivize participation with a little bit of cheddar. And (laughs) it wasn't even like no 20 bucks neither. It was like a hundred and you split it. I was like, a hundred? He said, we got this. Did you win some money? But it worked, right? Like, people were engaged. They were authentic. They they put forth their best effort. And the secondary gain of that is it's a low-key way to teach work ethic, Mm. right? And so I think that's another important thing. Like, I'm never going to pass up an organic opportunity to teach a young person something that's important which is if someone's going to pay you, they want the best out of you. So for me, it's like I'm always looking at the different levels in which um, something can have an impact on someone's life. So yes, $100 to a 15-year-old split down the middle is a lot of money. Yes, that's a lot of money. That's one thing. But also, we're providing an opportunity for them to be engaged in a way that is authentic and meaningful, and they can take that with them. Mm. Right. And when they know, like, I paid up, you did the work, you got paid. Right. So they need to see what that looks like. Because, you know, for years I got birthday money that I never saw. I still need to call my mom about some of that birthday (laughs) money. So, like, I want to make sure you get what you have coming. So it's important for me to be able to kind of do that um, with kids. And in the end, it's just money. You're it's right. make-believe it's anyway. Money. And somebody could have slid some of that my way. I'm just saying. Uh, but Jada, you went through the workshop at camp. Talk to me. Um, honestly, when it first started, I thought we were like doing meditation because that's what I heard. Um, you know, a bunch of kids were like, oh, I don't want to meditate. And I'm like, I don't know what it is. So um, when we first got there, I think he had that like bowl and he was like, ding. Yeah. <laughs> and then went yeah. around and I was just kind of like, okay. Like, honestly, those hey, those dings put little tingles. It was just like, okay, yeah, I can fall asleep to this. And then um, he had us all split up into our groups, or I think two or three, depending on the amount of people that were there. And um, I think the person who won, the, the people who won in our group, it was uh, Johanna and Anaya. They won, and I think they did great. They deserved it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I think Keela was there. Mm-hmm. She was there. I think that they was their deserved commercial. it. They did it. They did well. Yeah. They um so but you which you're supposed to do was um you're supposed to one person was supposed to be the dogmon. Yes. The accomplice. Oh, no, the accomplice and the friend. The accomplice yes. and the yes. friend. So the accomplice is somebody who um the difference between a friend and an accomplice, a friend is always gonna have your best interest at heart. And an accomplice is kind of just kind of your writer, like you know, get into trouble, what benefits them. Mm-hmm. And so you had two people. One friend, one accomplice, and you had to act it out. And whoever had the best kind of, like, example got mm. the $100. And the people who won it, they deserved it. It was funny. You know, I liked when it wasn't just all serious. It was also little giggles and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, okay. Did you Do you think that you took anything away? Did you learn something? 
Honestly, yes. Um, what I learned from it, it made me kind of look into my own friends and my own friend group mm. um, because I know that I will surround myself with a lot of people, but this kind of helped me realize that sometimes the people you surround yourself with, you probably shouldn't. If you really take a good look at their character and how, how they're present in your life, are they just there when it benefits them or are they always going to keep it straight with you, good or bad? Um, you know, a little ride never hurt, but also someone who can always be honest with you, it's important because sometimes I want to be told what I'm doing wrong so that I can better myself, you know? Okay. And then also, the one thing that I took away from that was he said that a friend can be an accomplice. Oh, yeah, yeah I was he did. Say that. Yeah. Yeah. He said a friend can be an accomplice and vice versa. At times. So you mm. can, your true situations. friend can yeah. have accomplice activities. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Accomplice activity. Yeah, like you know, like <laughs> what you say, Joaquin. <laughs> no, I'm laughing. I know because he's right. Put it though. I mean, that was. So what? I mean, give me an example. What do you mean? Uh, for me personally, based on the way I took that, it's like me and my best friend Vea, right? Um, she can always be honest with me 100% all the time. She, good or bad, she'll always give her opinion, and she always wants the best for me, and that's what I love about her. But. She also, like, if I'm ready to, like, do something, you know, she'll be there. If, you know, she thinks that it's a good idea. Like, I'm never doing something alone, basically. That's how I took it. So what I just heard you say was that she wants the best for you, but if you ready to cut no, up, she not, ready to cut up. Not, not like that. that. Not like that. No, I got you with this. Melissa, is that what, is that no. what you heard, Melissa? No, that's not what I heard. Okay. I think because a friend wants what's best for you, an accomplice doesn't. Accomplice wants what's best for them. And if what's best for you can also is something that they that your friend can get behind and is going to because an accomplice can if it's something that's not gonna be good for you and you're gonna go and do it, they're gonna go and do it with you, even though it isn't gonna be good for you. Now, if it's a friend and you're doing something and that can be good for you, your friend is going to be able to do that with you. And that is... Man, let me give you... Man, let me give you... Go ahead, Jalen. Wait, Jalen, first of all, did I translate that? You translate that perfectly. Okay, that's what I thought I heard. Basically, she said, if you're going to cut up, I'm going to cut up. That's not what that means. I'm saying I'm never going to have to Why go through something else? alone because <laughs> y'all sound like, I know I y'all sound right like I'm opposing. Hey, I'm we need breathe. We need to stick, stick, stick and stop. Move. Think. So okay. let me tell you what. Let me tell you how Frank can be an accomplice at times. So okay. say I have to do my homework. Uh-huh. My friend Isaiah is like, hey, go play the game with me. I'm like, I can't. I have homework. He's like, man, you can do your homework any other time of the day. I'm like, I really got to do this homework. He's like, man, get on the game. He's looking at his self. He's like, I want to play the game with him. I don't care that he already has homework already due. Mm. It's all about what I want. That's that's an accomplice. I know that's a but, friend no, but acting that's as, as a, accomplice. A friend he's saying that's his real friend. That's my dog. But in that moment, he was acting self-interested because oh. I need to do my homework. And it benefited him. Okay, but that's not how I, I don't know, that's not how I took it. And so, y'all and, so there's no, I think both of those examples are good because, like, that whole thing about friends can be accomplices, the most important piece is there's aspects of each and both, yeah. right? And and part of, of using mindfulness is being able to pull those two apart sometimes because your really good friend can have a weak moment and show up as an accomplice one day. Mm. You know, 
So, and it's not that you're just going to throw that person away. This is, these are those times where you can like really ask those critical questions like, okay, you know, what else is going on here? You know, so this generally this person has my best interest at heart, you know, but today, right? Like they would, the shenanigans. So what's happening? But, you know, absolutely. Because, yeah. For me, when I realized when I was engaged in a lot of criminal activity, I had accomplices who were loyal. They were faithful. They would tear stuff up if something was going on with me, but they didn't, they weren't concerned with moving me forward in a productive and constructive manner mm-hmm. because they didn't have that capacity themselves. Mm. Right. So they loved me and I loved them, but it was an accomplished relationship. And so mm-hmm. many times what we have to figure out is like, how do we move each other forward in a way that serves us over time and is in the best interest of our future, especially if we're children. And so being able to kind of make that determination with our peer group is super important because it just takes one bad decision at one time with a friend, with a peer, and your life has changed forever. So I think like, that's why I really love that session is because, you know, between the ages of like 13 and 19, the strongest drive in adolescence is identity and affiliation and peer groups. So it's super important for a kiddo or a teenager to kind of be able to figure out if this person's a really good fit for them or just fun, Mm. right? So that's like really, really critical information to have, especially in this time, you know, because you can have lots of people that are fun, but are you always getting in trouble? Like what's the cost of that fun? And what type of fun is it? And another reason why I appreciated your session was, like I had said, it also made me kind of take a look into my own friend group. But it also helped me realize, I guess, how I moved forward. I started surrounding myself with different people or the people I used to surround myself with. I no longer did. And your session kind of made me put into perspective why I did it. Like, sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I just feel like I can't be around them right now because they're not, you know, we're not moving in the same path, but with your session, it helped me realize it's not that we weren't moving in the same path in a way. It's just that I recognized that they were holding me back and I needed to push forward. And I wanted to bring you along with me, but you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. If you don't want to come with me, I'm not going to stay behind with you. I just got to keep going. And your session kind of helped me realize that. That's good, Jada. Okay. Snap it out. Snap on, it out. <clears throat> even one of these girls in my trail group, she was, I think, 30 or 31. She was even telling me that, like, girl, oh, that's, a, that's a woman. <laughs> she said, one of the girls <laughs> in my trail This woman, yeah, she's like go. 30, 31 in my Whoa. trail group. You know that's a whole then. woman. Oh, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> okay, okay. But this woman, she was like 30, 31 in my trail group. She was the leader from the um camp. And she was even talking to me, like, after the session was over, because we were heading over to the... um obstacle course that we did and she was even like i think i gotta come this is my life right now like yeah and i was just like girl what but yeah she was even like talking to me about it because i was walking with her and i was like yeah that's just crazy she's grown and she's still having but, these but that's no the, but that's range. the thing but that's the thing why do you think that age determines whether or not you have friends or accomplices accomplices are you saying that adults or older adults should know better or what i mean why would that be? I, I think yeah. i think for me why would you think that if they've never if well, they've never assessed 
the people in their life or they don't have the skill set and they've never had to, you know, they just didn't know the difference, right? Yeah. So why would the assumption, is it just because they're older? Yeah, because you know how okay. a lot of adults like to not flaunt to be like rude, but I'm just, you know, they like to flaunt like I've had experience, like, mm -hmm. you know, I have more maturity because I've experienced a lot more. And so I would expect that you would like, I guess, understand your accomplices from your friends with age comes knowledge, et cetera, et cetera. So that would just be my assumption. Well, I, I think that um, there are different arenas or different areas where you would have so-called friends. So, mm -hmm. for example, when I was at the Capitol, I had my Capitol friends, right? Right. But those are not always the friends that you would see me having dinner with, traveling with, right. um, having deep conversations with because they were at work, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that when when we start to kind of try to assume different things like I can't tell you of one accomplice that I have in my life right but that isn't because um I knew the difference it's because when you start to go in different into different arenas or places you have to change your surroundings and in the folks that you know everybody can't come with you mm -hmm. right you know what I mean yeah and and I understand I, I loved your example because I think that I had to figure that out a long time ago like everybody can't come like I can't I can't drag you I can't make you mm -hmm. um that does not mean I can't love you from a distance and that mm -hmm. does not mean I don't consider you my friend it's just in this uh season of my life uh we just gonna go over here and you gonna stay right where you are mm -hmm. right and like so I, I think assuming that they knew the the definitions mm -hmm. of what it is that you all learned right now at this age which is a, an incredible thing that you it learned is. it now but say that this person had never been uh, exposed to this type of information yeah mm -hmm. right and people can only be responsible for what they know yeah. unless it's you know ignorance is not a, no excuse in you know when you're dealing with the police but i'm just saying um there are some things that people just don't know Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm so excited to partner with a continuity consultant and Joaquin and his group, because there are things even at my grown age, because I'm super grown, um, that I'm learning. I am. I am. Y'all don't see this cape under this jacket, honey? Yes. Because <laughs> I ain't that 30 year old girl she was talking about. So but, the girl, I just feel like I just feel like for me, like even before, like everything, I feel like I kind of knew maybe not what exactly an accomplice was, but I definitely right. don't have any of those in my life. Hmm. And I'm about to be 23. And then maybe just who I am and like, you know, or whatever. Right. But like, kind of like what you were saying, I have different friends for different things, uh -huh. quote unquote. So I know who to surround myself with. Yeah. And shout out to Miss Tawana. She said, she say, age isn't an automatic sign of maturity. Man, no, no, them, yeah. Man. Tell them. No, tell yeah. Them. But but that does not mean that people mm. with age don't have more life experiences than That's you right. do as children or Facts. young adults. But that, right? but that does not them. mean that they're mature. Right. So straight up. Yeah. And I, I think that, again, when you know better, you do better. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm so excited that y'all are learning it right now because these are not, um, I would say, conversations that we had when we were your age. Mm. We're, we just out here trying to survive. Yeah. We trying to figure out our lives. We trying to figure out where we going to work, uh, how we going to get through these these college classes and not be um, subject to credit card lenders and all these people giving you onslaught of information. And then you're dealing with life 
you know, life and, and all the problems that are associated with that. Some of them had some people had children trying to go through college. Some mm -hmm. people had to figure out how to make ends meet, work two jobs. I was working two jobs um, and going to school full time. Right. And so I just think that we're in such a different time right now. Not that those things don't exist anymore, but the world didn't shut down for two years on my when we were coming up. Right. Oh, that was, that was something that happened with y'all. Mm -hmm. And there has been different things coming up since that time happened. Yeah. And what we're seeing on school campuses all across is there's a lot of frustration and nobody has the tools or the skills um, that are being taught to them. And that is why what Joaquin does is so incred incredibly important because I just came from the district office. This is like my fourth suspension to uh, extension to suspension meeting in a week. Same incident, black boys, nobody would have the tools to de-escalate themselves. And what you saw was um, an incident that involved multiple boys jumping on one. Hmm. Now, we can argue the merits of why they jumped on the one. However, if they had these skills that Joaquin is talking about, um, I think that we could have had young people that made different choices Definitely. so that I didn't have to be up in there trying to figure out how we was going to stop them from trying to um, from trying to actually um, ruin their future over one incident. We don't need that, right? And so, Joaquin, how can we um, get this program or these services into schools because they're sorely needed mm -hmm. and you got a bunch of people on staff who can't uh, find their um, foot from their behind um, who don't have these skills that you're speaking of? How can we encourage or get this training um, into the schools? Well, I think your agency is perfectly positioned to do that because you already have an existing relationship with the school and you have access to funding through us to oh, staff those, huh? I, oh, I was just saying, come on, <laughs> funding. Oh, oh, um, to, to staff and operate those programs. Um, so, because for us, like, it is how do we help you do what you already do, right? Mm -hmm. And because all of your team has been trained, then you already have a really good cohesive unit that works well together, um, trained, and with more support, you can deliver this um, to teachers as well as students. Because what I like to do is when I go into an agency that serves clients are um, that serves system impacted um, individuals, I wanna make sure that all the staff have gone through the same training so that they can call out specific skills from those who participated. Because mm -hmm. it's when one person has some information and the other one doesn't, there's a disconnect. And many times we will um, prescribe a intervention to a kid and expect this person to integrate that information into their life, but they're never given an opportunity for someone to call it out of them. Mm. So if you look at a situation where the teacher was also familiar with the curriculum and, and understood it and had a practice 
then in those situations where people are becoming dysregulated, then the teacher has a common language that they can use to call out a desired behavior or support that student in a way that is meaningful and compassionate and, and supportive. And so uh, Kiva said something that was super powerful earlier about like the group being a space where she was vulnerable. And I think that's something that most kiddos and teenagers don't think they have permission to do except when there's a tragedy. Like, you know, I'm looking at the stuff online about takeoff's death, his murder, and you see all these people who have these really tough personas now have permission to be soft and vulnerable and grieve, right? right? But why is it only appropriate in the face of tragedy, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why right. is it only cool for me to be sad when someone is transitioning off this planet? Mm -hmm. You know, how do we create spaces where Black boys who are going to be Black men, hopefully, have permission to be vulnerable and to mm -hmm. be sad or to be soft? Or Black girls who are going to be Black women have permission to be vulnerable and sad and not be exploited? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that is what, like, when I think about mindfulness in our community, it is this repositioning and rethinking um, of what masculinity and femininity looks like. I think if we can move towards a wholeness that is rooted around our humanity, but responsive to our past, like that's a powerful thing for us to use and, and, and to propel ourselves forward because like the, the, the reality is that this place wasn't built for us. We built it, but it wasn't built for us. Come and on so in. we have to figure out how we are going to exist in it and thrive despite it, mm. right? And and all that requires us to be balanced, wow. right? Yeah. Right. That, like at the end, it all comes back to that inner balance. Because if you have that inner balance, you are immovable. Mm. Right. Say, the, you, say that again. Say it again. Right, if you have that inner balance, you're immovable. They can't move mm. you. Take notes. Take notes. Because <laughs> you own the space between your ears. Like, <laughs> nobody else owns that but you. That's mm -hmm. right. Melissa says she has something to uh, say. So talk to us, Melissa. Yeah, I, was, I really liked what you were saying about kids and teens not having the space to be vulnerable and feel like they're safe and able to be vulnerable. And I would uh, say that I think it's also the same for a lot of adults. Even like what Keila was talking about with the the lady who, when they were walking back, who was really in touch with the conversation and with the mindfulness session. I feel like there's also that space is needed for adults and especially the black adults who grew up as black kids whose emotions were suppressed and they had to be suppressed. Like Miss Lorene said, for survival, they weren't thinking about having to be in touch with their emotions. So I feel like, like Ms. William was saying, we can't assume that these adults are able to differentiate a friend from an accomplice like, like that conversation was helping them to do. So we can't also can't assume that they're in touch with their feelings as well, which is something that you were saying the kids and the teens need that space. And I feel like the adults would also need that space too. So I really like what you were saying about having a safe space for vulnerability in general. I love it. 
I love it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, and and I think that with so much continuing to go on, we're going to need um, we're going to need more skills in our toolbox. Um, and I just have to to say, I woke up this morning um, to the report out of the University of Virginia where the three young men um, were shot by a teammate and ultimately succumbed to their injuries. Um, and we're talking about black young men, um, their lives taken by another black young man. Um, and the amount of trauma for everybody who was on that bus, um, the amount of, I don't know what this individual was going through, but obviously he did not have the skills uh, to regulate himself. I don't know what made him so angry that he would come in and kill three of his teammates. Um, and I'm not going to even make this about him. What my thoughts are uh, of is, it's not just the, the victims, it's everybody connected to the victims. So I'm thinking of their friends. I'm thinking about their other teammates. I'm thinking about the coaching staff. I'm thinking about their families at home who sent their young men off to college thinking that they would come back with a degree, not in a body bag, right? And so when we're talking about regulating our emotions and we're talking about the frustrations that we're seeing across this country on campuses and we're seeing the uh, administrators do the same things over and over again, expecting different results. What is that to do the same thing over and expect different results. Insanity. It's insanity. And so we have to make sure that people understand that there are resources and programs out there to help them with things that they might not know about, um, things that they're not prepared to deal with. Uh, it's not often that you see a Black school shooter, but we do know about crimes, about proximity right? Mm -hmm. Crimes in proximity. Well, only time that I hear about uh, crimes of proximity is when it's talking about Black people and Black-on-Black -black crime. Crimes of proximity are the people that you're normally around. So he obviously had a relationship with these people. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just heart sick over it because as, as an agency that goes into schools that fights specifically for Black young, uh, young people, um, to have this this go on and then to see and read comments about, oh, nobody's going to say anything because the shooter is black. Like, it's like, come on, man. At the end of the day, we have to start being concerned about people. We're, have, we're going to have to exhibit more compassion. We're going to have to make sure that people are getting the services they need to regulate their system. Because the, as I'm looking and as I'm seeing it, people are out of control. Okay. People are out of control. And the only way we get them in control is we make sure they have access to people like Joaquin and Continuity Consultant, that they have access to people here at Black Youth Leadership Project as we are all certified uh, facilitators of the mindfulness training, and that we do everything we can in the way that we can to leave this community better than we found it. Um, and, and that's where my heart is. Uh, that's what I'm hoping that my team sees when they see us out here constantly grinding. And I'm hoping that 
you know, you guys understand the importance of you stepping into this role, right? I ain't going to be around forever. Somebody going to have to do this work. I'm looking at my child as she's looking around the room. Um, <laughs> somebody's going to have to take over this work. And we can't all do this if we're not regulated in ourselves. So, um, Joaquin, we, we thank you for even bringing this to us, uh, for making sure we got connected. Shout out to Miss Lisa um, and Keith uh, and Miss Brittany. Uh, we could not have uh, gotten to this point without you, but we are better because of you. And I want to say thank you in front of everybody, uh, just in case I've never told you that before. And you were supposed to be here so that we could go to dinner after this, but you are wherever you're at. Loser. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Jada looking at me. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. With the Maybe side eye. Major side eye. Because you, Man. you know, Last week, last week he, he canceled on us is just because his auntie was about to get him if he didn't go have dinner with her. So she was gonna was, murder me. What's her, black on black what's her excuse <laughs> now? He he had him some Kool-Aid and he was cool. Uh -oh. After that, he went over to fixing. What Shout flavor? out to fixing. Ooh. What flavor Kool-Aid you get? Uh purple. 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 Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Kayla, Kayla over there giving you the thumbs down. Raping. She don't want no, oh. none of that. None of that. You should mix it with some <laughs> lemonade next time. I'm going back. I really like that place. It was nice. An invite would have been nice, you know? Well, he invited us, but we was already eating someplace else. So he, yeah, he cut up. Yep. Um, I sent the week. invitation. Mm -hmm. Next week. And you so, were... uh, <laughs> <what'd you say? laughs> but yeah, we have kind of uh, adopted Joaquin. He's one of the cousins now. Oh, and yeah. So I'm in the family. Yeah, and and Mama and and Pam that you know we didn't all adopted Joaquin, so he's part of our extended family. And this is this is what intentional community building is all about. Um, you finding people like minded people, people who you have something in common with that want to serve the same folks or serve the same uh, communities that you're serving, and y'all link up. Um, there's no competition here. We just want to uh do some good work together. Man, it was so genuine too. I mean, y'all came and got us because I wasn't in the session. Like yeah, I said, so, these goofies, me, uh, they, they came down. up there and they were super excited well, when they met Joaquin. Let me run down what happened. Okay. I'm After on. our presentation where we, we lit it up, everybody was like, oh, yeah. Because Joaquin was in there asleep. Talk to him, yeah. Joaquin, I, about I, before I, was, I started talking. Talk. I was not asleep. I was <laughs> updating my Facebook page with Google eyelids. Google I was eyelids. not asleep. <laughs> Google eyelids. <laughs> Dude, crazy. I better start saying that, though. So, <laughs> after that, after we had our thing, uh, one Brittany, who's a part of uh, consultant, yeah, you said that. Uh -huh. Um, she came, <laughs> she, she came up to us. It was like, hey, we do this, and I think y'all will be so good with uh, we should link. And then she told us that they were having another their session the next day, so we went to their session. Sadly, Lorene was not in attendance. Mm. She missed out because like, it was great. Um, it was like it it was on par with ours. Ah, I don't know. Ours was good. But that's not, not here or there. <laughs> but they they did their thing. And then after we went up to them and we were just talking, we we talked for like an hour and a half in the space that mm -hmm. and we were just talking. Then next thing you know, we go out to eat together. Then after we get out to eat, me man, we was all riding scooters. Not all of us. I was in the bed. Oh, yeah, she she flaked. But <laughs> We was riding scooters all throughout Long Beach. Period. 
like so we fa- he say all that to say we family now <laughs> uh, and we tend First to day. do that with folks in the community that that we have a connection with we all family and so um get get you know connect and see why we are indeed a whole mood um because we continue to change the game we continue to operate in our lane we continue to not uh really compete with other people because at the end of the day we all trying to serve the people right and so uh, we just want to remind you, because we've run out of time today, that we are screening Black Panther Wakanda, Wakanda forever, forever uh, this weekend. Uh, I'm sorry, this Friday at 6 o'clock. If you want tickets, Joaquin, you coming? Sure. I'll be in Truckee. We got a group going up from We love you anyway. But for all the rest of y'all that do want to come we are um still we have a few tickets left but i mean my my watch keep going off that means somebody's getting tickets um but if you're interested six o'clock uh this friday uh at arden, arden over mm-hmm. in century arden, arden 14 century arden Uh-oh. 14 Uh-oh. and so um we're we're ready man i'm ready to see it um i've been ready i'm uh i mean it's always it's always been with honda forever on mine um I, shout out to Killmonger. You know, show them who, <laughs> just like he said, show them who you nah, are. Shout out to Mbaku. Yeah, that's your boo. Oh yeah, Mbaku. that's your boo. I, <laughs> I mean, the old one had to go, I and mean, he died. So I mean, oh moving God. on. So wow, yeah. so Killmonger crazy. died. Wow. What am I supposed no, to do? No, Dang, you can't. Kill Killmonger. Me personally, right? I wouldn't take it. What's like what? <laughs> I take that level of disrespect. What we're what we're going to do is we're going to watch this movie. Yeah. And we're going to talk about it next Monday. Trust me, we don't have a lot to talk about. I'm excited. I want to know the themes, the takeaways. I want to know what part made you emotional. So be paying attention to your your feelings. Um, I heard that I'm going to cry and it don't take much. No, you're going to cry. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. So next week we will come back and we will discuss um, Wakanda forever. And I know Mama Margie went uh, this weekend to, in celebration of her eighty. What is it, eighty-two? Mama Margie. Okay, per. She 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 dressed up and she had a whole little little. Movie yeah, I got an outfit too. The so we're coming in white. About what happened at Atomus? I'm not all, wearing white. They had the I'm wearing white. white. <laughs> they had the nope. red carpet out there. And yeah, they did. They, the did. they did. They did. They had um. So we need the red carpet out there. Yeah. So we need, yeah. we need a red carpet. Uh, can we get a black carpet? Oh, period. Can somebody find me a black carpet? I will Friday? right now. Okay, I, we I, gonna I have a black carpet out there, and Kayla's carpet. gonna put something up there. Uh oh, look at Kayla. Uh-oh, oh, strut. Oh. Strut. <laughs> walk, anyway, walk. We, walk. Out. we out. We out. We out. We out. We out. No way. Uh, but but wait, wait. I'm not done. Oh, but I, I I know I just got off off Uh-oh. track really quick. But I just want to lift up their names. They always say say their names. So Lavelle Davis Jr., Deshaun Perry, and Devin Chandler were the young men that were lost at Virginia University. Virginia. I just want to send so much love out to them and their families. I'm sorry, their families um, and their friends who love them because that is something um, that nobody wants to wake up to knowing that they sent their babies off to college and um, they're coming back uh, in a different way than which they left. So we just want to uh, send love out to them and uh, with that, we're going to hit y'all with the wave. Catch us right here next week on Facebook and YouTube, 4.30 PST. Uh, Melissa's going to start us off with the wave. Start it off. Yep. Start it off, Melissa. Do it. Do it. Do it. Come on, Joaquin. Do your, do your thing. Hey, come on, Jada. Hey, what Kila. He did. Jayla. Jayla. 
Why you remember the time? You don't know no, <laughs> Bye, y'all. See you next week. You're doing the Emperor's New Groove. <laughs> <laughs>